who stays, who goes. We're going to talk about that and everything else you guys wanted to know here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. It's Twitter Tuesday, baby. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And of course, thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. Today is Twitter Tuesday. That means most of the show is going to be all of your mailbag questions real quick, a hit of news, a whole bunch of Vikings went on the COVID IR list. This is probably going to be how things work. I'm actually going to get a question out of the way right away. There was one that came from Chuck that said thoughts on how the NFL might handle COVID outbreaks during the playoffs. And I think we're kind of seeing it now. And this is what the Vikings are going through, even though it's a meaningless game, they're still doing it this way. Um, a lot of COVID testing on Monday, a lot of t- players will like volunteer to go get tested and then they'll test positive on Monday. And if they are positive, they have to sit out the week of practice, but they'll still be able to play for the game. So the timing's perfect. So they'll make sure that they're tested on that day. The testing protocols have changed so that if you're vaccinated and asymptomatic, you don't have to test every day anymore. Um, but if you are positive, you still might have to be out for a while. So they'll test on Monday and that gives them like the whole week to maybe come out of it and to get the two negative tests that they need. Um, so among those are three of the offensive linemen, Brian O'Neill, uh, Ezra Cleveland and Christian Derrissaw are all going, uh, currently on COVID IR as well as Eric Kendricks. Um, that's obviously would be a pretty rough thing if we cared about the result of the game at all, which we don't really, we'll talk about that later. Um, so just a quick note though, that the Vikings are still dealing with COVID stuff, but like a lot of teams are, and they're trying to get their, I, I think it's like, if we're going to have an outbreak, let's have it Monday so that all of our vaccinated players could still come back from the game. And even our unvaccinated players, you know, five days from Monday, you still might have a chance. So let's get to the mailbag, shall we? And the first couple of these are all kind of on the same uh, track. The first one comes from Skull Actuary. By the way, if you ever have a question, you can send it to me at Locked on Vikings or at Luke Brown NFL on Twitter. Uh, you can send an email to Locked on Vikings podcast at gmail.com. There's Google form in the show notes too if you prefer that so first one comes from skull actuary who says should we keep spielman or can we find someone better is he above average so i'm gonna give you two different answers what i would do and what i think will happen um what i would do is probably not keep spielman i like spielman i think i mean a lot of people don't like that he drafted a few first rounders that didn't work out and stuff i'm very forgiving when it comes to the draft like i honestly i I think if half of your picks work out you're doing okay um, it's the draft is hard, man. Like how, how'd you all do? Like, I don't, I don't think I hit half of my takes. Um, and of course, you know, the NFL should be better than me, but I don't hit a quarter of my takes. Like I'm uh, randomness. And I think if you're doing better than that, you're doing okay. Um, so I'm like really, really forgiving when it comes to that stuff. And I'll also look at process, you know, like, um, if somebody like Jeff Gladney doesn't work out because he had off field, well, if, if you didn't have a reasonable way to know that off field ahead of time, I'm not going to kill you over drafting that guy. Um, and I think it's, you know, same something, somebody like Ben Gedeon who was playing fine and was totally like living up to being a fourth rounder. And then he had a concussion thing and his career got cut short. Um, that kind of thing, like I, that has nothing to do with like, did you evaluate him properly? Right. Um, I, I would rather evaluate somebody like Gladney or Gedeon or whoever on like how they played when we did have them. And could we know blah, blah, blah. So I don't mind it. However, here's the deal. 
Um, the Vikings put way too many eggs in the Kirk Cousins basket. It's bit them now. They've missed the playoffs three out of the four years they were supposed to do this. Um, and I think they managed the team pretty poorly. I think they managed the cornerback position pretty poorly. They were one injury away from starting Chris Boyd against Devontae Adams on Sunday night. That went ex- as you would expect. I think they handled the edge position, the edge rusher position really poorly. Obviously, the offensive line forever. I don't like that they brought in Kirk Cousins a lot, so I'm going to ding him for that. So I, I'm done with it all. Um, that's what I would do. I would clear it out, get a whole new thing. What I think will happen is that Rick Spielman, I don't think he's going to retain his GM title, but I do think he's going to stay in the building in some like unofficial capacity or official, but some like kind of weird made up title capacity where he'll be like the vice president of whatever. And, uh, he'll, you know, be in the room and I, and I think that's okay. I, I like his philosophies. I like the way that he prioritizes athleticism. I, I love the way that he trades around in the draft. And I think that particular philosophy should stay with the Vikings. I would love to retain that part of, of Rick Spielman without retaining some of the errors they've made in scouting or whatever. Um, so I, I think that would be an appropriate choice, but if it were me, I don't know, I'd nuke it. Uh, Matt Chian- Chinander says, what if the trio of Spielman, Zimmer and cousins remains for the 2022 season? I don't know, but man, a bunch of people ask this, and let me tell you, you probably don't have to worry about that. Uh, Michael Schneider says, what about the possibility of a one-year extension for Kirk? Draft a quarterback this year to have him sit behind Kirk for a year and then trade Kirk the next year. So, um, sure, like I, I get where you're coming with that. The, I don't know if that gets you ahead. Um, extending his cap hit into next year just takes cap away from a year where you're not going to use him you might as well pay it all out at once right if we are expecting Kirk Cousins to only be a Viking in 2022 which this plan does because he's not a Viking in 2023 by this plan you've traded him away you might as well pay the whole the whole bill in the rebuilding year right so I would probably prefer to that scenario draft a quarterback and then just let Kirk walk and say yeah that 45 million dollar cap hit sucks and it looks really ugly but it's a rebuilding year who cares and kind of go that way instead of extending more of that money into dead cap and stuff into like the next year Um, and then the other problem is Kirk has to agree to that and Kirk Cousins wants sustainability he wants stability he wants kind of to trust that he's not being jerked around um that's why he's been signing the contracts with the Vikings that he's been signing. That's why he wouldn't take deals from Washington that uh, didn't give him that security. So I don't know if he would take like a one year at a time kind of thing. Um, But if you could get him to do that, I don't know. I, I would still probably prefer to just like pay the whole bill at once. Vikings theorist said, I keep hearing rumors that the Wills haven't decided on what they want to do with Zimmer and Spielman. How worried should I be? So I, I, I looked everywhere for this. I cannot find what people are talking about here. Um, but here's what I've seen. Mike Garofolo and uh, Tom Pellicero was on that segment too, but I think it was Garofolo reporting. Um, I think Jake Glazer has said something similar. I think Jason Lacanfora has said something similar. Uh, pick your national beat guy. But basically before the Packers game, they all said, if the Vikings don't make the playoffs, the Vikings will move on and, and begin a head coaching search or they will will set up to move on at head coach, I think has been the wording everybody has said. That's rumors speak for if they don't make the playoffs, he out. So that he's done and nobody's really weighed in on it since. Here's what I think's going on in the organization. This is total guess, total speculation, reading the tea, tea leaves. Uh, this is like armchair chair psychology. So fast forward if you're not interested in that. But here's my guess. Uh, I think, look. Mike Zimmer has done right by the Vikings for a long time. He gave his eye for this organization. He has been fully bought in and he has given everything he has to the organization for eight years. The Vikings 
are not the cold-blooded, callous kind of team that are going to just throw that dude on the street so that they can get a one-week audition for an interim coach they probably don't plan to hire. They want it to be amicable, and I think I can respect that, even if that has a weird cost of they accidentally win the Bears game and they go down in the draft by three spots, and you know they don't fire Mike Zimmer until after. Like I, I understand, um, but I think you're going to see some kind of mutual parting of the ways, something really amicable, um, and any, any weird wishy-washy stuff you hear up until then is probably just people misinterpreting that. That would be my guess. Uh, Evan Creed said, this makes me sad, but should we trade Hunter and what should we expect back given his injury history? So a bunch of people ask questions like this. Who should be on the trade block? Who should stay? Who should go? That kind of thing. We'll do all that player by player at another date. I want to spend like maybe more than a whole show on that. Um, But with Hunter specifically, I would not have him be for sale at all. I know the injuries are scary, but here's the two things about the injuries. The neck injury will kind of always scare me a little bit, and they already kind of resolved to keep him in the building because of that. So I think you've you've bought into that already for one year. Why wouldn't you buy into it for more years? Um, And the second injury was a pec, and the, the two are unrelated. I once was like, I don't know if they're related. I looked into it. They're not related. It's just bad luck. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not worried about the injury history at all. And I think if you are rebuilding a Viking squad, there is no better person to build around than a premier edge rusher. No defense does not need a premier pass rusher coming off the edge and a premier defensive lineman setting the edge against the run. Nobody doesn't need that. Every defense is centered on that. Um, so yeah, there's that, that like three, four, four, three, whatever you want to call it, all sorts of fronts, all sorts of coverages. Everything needs that. So, yeah, I, I would keep Daniel Hunter. I, I, he wouldn't be for sale. I, I don't know. Ten first-round picks. That's my price. Before I get into the rest of this mailbag, I want to talk to you about my new favorite app. It's called Get Upside, and it saves you money on gas. Who doesn't want that? You can save up to a quarter per gallon at the pump. Just download the Get Upside app. It is a free app. It'll tell you which gas stations you can go to that are participating. Go get gas at those stations. When you fill up, send your a picture of your receipt to the app, and then you just start getting cash back. And you can uh, cash out that that money whenever you want no catch no like wait this long you can just get a direct deposit into your bank or an amazon gift card or whatever if you prefer i love get upside and if you sign up right now you use promo code touchdown when you sign up you get 50 cents a gallon off at the pump for your first fill up that's 50 cents off per gallon on your first fill up then 25 cents off for the rest of your fill ups that is real savings that'll all add up to like 200 300 bucks if you drive a lot per month it is real so go Get the Get Upside app. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and start saving money. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day. The next question in this mailbag is coming from Vikings Wales, who asks, Kirk Cousins is the highest paid quarterback in the league over the last six years, and he's due $45 million against the cap next year. How can I make peace with that? Um, so, two things. Uh, a lot of the pay that makes him the highest paid quarterback over in the league over the last six years is because he was making two franchise tags. Like that's an insane amount of money and the Vikings didn't do that. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, he's due $45 million next year. That cap hit ain't going to stand, man. Um, unless the Vikings go full tank rebuild, we don't care about the cap. We'll just pay it all off. Then you can reconcile it with, well, it's a rebuilding year and they're kind of doing this to get out from under their, their bills that are due. Um, but yeah, no, that's otherwise it's either extend or it's trade. It's it's not going to be that bad, I don't think. 
Um, Vikings disappointment enthusiast says, I heard Willikus and James Lynch's names a few times in the stands. How did they play? And should I be enthusiastic about the rotational potential in the next few years? So I didn't look at Kenny Willikus much, but when I did look at him, he was getting his ass kicked. Um, I, I didn't love what I saw from him, but I didn't see every snap or anything like that. So grain of salt. Um, James Lynch, I don't know. He's just good for two or three good run plays a game. I think that's great as a rotational dude. The problem is he does not have much of a pass rush at all. There's just nothing. I mean, he's, he's gotten a sack, I think a couple times unblocked. Um, but he's not like a pressure generator up the interior. He's just like a decent dude at shedding a lineman and making a tackle. If the run comes up his gap, that's kind of just a guy. He's just a guy, um, but just a guy is fine. So I don't know. Rotational potential is like an oxymoron to me. Like it's a pretty low thing to aim at, but I think James Lynch can get there. I don't know about Willikus, but hey, he'll come back and he'll maybe try to make the team next year. Bradley Norris said, who are the Packers going to lose to in the NFC Championship or earlier this year? <laughs> Love the energy. Um, so I don't, I don't know, man. But for me, if we're just on route against the Packers, I think you got to look for teams with good run games that can go to Lambeau and um, take advantage of Green Bay's run defense. And, you know, that that always helps when it's cold and it's harder to throw the ball. Um, so, like, Dallas could do it. I, I think the Rams have a good run game. Um, I think San Francisco has a good run game as a long shot. I, th- I think that kind of thing would be the key. But I also think that the Packers are the only good team in the NFL, and there are 31, like, not very good teams. So I don't know, man. We'll all cross our fingers. Ryder Jensen says, would you rather have a healthy roster or a new coach? No team can withstand key players going down. How many Super Bowls does Parcells win if LT goes down with injuries? Um, Yeah, sure. So if I were like, if, if this is like a Magic Genie question, Magic Genie says, well, either give you a healthy roster or a new coach. Well, I'm taking the healthy roster because the healthy roster definitely helps my team. The new coach might not help my team. Um, and it's also like with the Vikings, well, we're getting a new coach. Like, I don't have to wish for that from the Magic Genie. So again, it's the healthy roster. But yeah, I think I understand the point you're making that like, if you can guarantee health, that is a huge, huge, huge advantage nobody ever gets. Good coaching, some teams have that. You might not have an advantage against those teams, but you'll have an advantage by being the healthiest team on the field. So yeah, absolutely healthy roster, I think. Uh, Corden Baker says, with what we saw in Sunday's game, what do you think our future quarterback options will be for the next season? I don't know. My take on this is going to evolve a lot over this offseason. I hope you all come on this journey with me. I don't know much about the draft guys yet. Um, I don't really know much about who's going to be available in a trade block or free agency. There's a lot of talk about like maybe Russell Wilson or maybe like, if you wanted to go get like do a crazy trade or something or, like that or some bridge quarterback like like Drew Locke. People have said, I, I have no idea uh, who the quarterback is next season. I will say if it's not Kirk and there are some permutations where it is, but if it's not Kirk, I do don't think it's Mond. I would not be mad if Mond competed for the job, though, and proved me wrong. Um, I mean, it's not Mannion, right? So I, I don't know. But I think there's a reasonable enough chance that it's a guy who's not on the roster yet. Reasonable enough chance it's Kirk. And hey, maybe it's a competition with like some draft pick in Kellen Mond or some, you know, Teddy Bridgewater in Kellen Mond, something like that. Shoot that S said, is there a bottom with this club? If so, how will we know? Is there a sign posted there? And someone responded to shoot that S by saying, uh, 0-17. So that, I think, right? That's infamy. That's the worst season ever. The Bucks had an 0-14 a couple times. The Lions had an 0-16. The, the Browns had an 0-16. Nobody's had an 0-17. That's bottom. 
that's infamy. You will be remembered in history forever as the hilarious team that went 0-17, and it's a stain on your franchise that you'll never get rid of, even if you win Super Bowls. Um, I mean, shoot, the Bucks. Everybody still remembers those 1970s creamsicle Bucks that were so historically terrible that they get brought up every time somebody else breaks one of their records. Kurt with two C's says, now that you've seen life without cousins, how does it feel? Do you feel wrong and sorry for being so mean to Kirk? Are you excited for awful QB play if the Vikings don't keep Kirk? Will you admit that Kirk is the best QB the Vikings have and ever have had and ever will have? This is a good bit, buddy. Um, Yeah, so there is a weird thing. So basically, like Sean Mannion sucked and uh, people are like, that's a preview of life after cousins. See, all you cousins haters want that. And to that I say... I think we could do better than Sean Mannion, man. <laughs> I've got a few more questions that I want to get to here in this mailbag. But first, let me talk to you about Grambling. Bet Online is the one-stop shop for all things Grambling. You can start placing your bets on who's going to win the uh, NFC or whatever. I think you can place MVP bets, but I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers is like the like way, way, way leading favorite. Um, you can bet on stuff like the AFC East, which isn't decided yet, or you can just bet on like the last few college playoff games. You can bet on, uh, volleyball or golf or tennis or whatever, MMA, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Just head on over to betonline.ag. Enter promo code locked on when you sign up. That's L O C K E D O N, all one word. And you can get a 50% welcome bonus. That means whatever your first deposit is, half of that matched, plopped right into your account as free play money. It's free gambling money. So go take advantage at betonline.ag online.ag where the game starts got a few more questions here in this mailbag so let's get to them the next one comes from goggles who says given the personnel already in place are the vikings locked into their offensive and defensive schemes or do you think doing a hundred percent reset like detroit is the best option um this this is a very good question because it's it depends a lot on a lot of stuff. And this is going to be a wishy-washy answer, but it, it depends is my answer. Like, look, there are some pieces that fit anything. So change your scheme. Don't change your scheme. It doesn't matter. Justin Jefferson's going to be good in it. And Daniel Hunter's going to be good in it. Like there are play- Dalvin Cook's going to be good in anything, right? Uh, he's best in a, in a wide zone. But I think if you made him read power gaps and stuff, he'd be just doing just fine, especially against defenses that more and more are trying to, you know, do stunts or do like cross lineman's face to get extra gaps and stuff like that. There's a lot of that going on in the league right now. And I think that's really good for Dalvin Cook. And I think Dalvin Cook's style of play will age gracefully, um, even with his injury history. I think as his athleticism declines, his style of play will lend itself to being like a good veteran, even if he doesn't like have the burst anymore, you know, like, like years from now. So I, I don't know. There's pieces that fit anything. There's some pieces that don't, right? Like if you're going to go to a power scheme, Garrett Bradbury cannot be your center. Or if you're going to run like duo, Garrett Bradbury can't be your center, right? Like that's not the move. Um, if you're going to stay in zone, then sure. Brian O'Neill is an interesting one and they're kind of locked into him. He's much more of a zone guy, but so Christian Derrissaw could totally run power and they just drafted him. He's on a rookie deal. Um, if Wyatt Davis figures it out, that can be power. Right. And then like defensively, I do think they have some pretty versatile pieces. Again, like Harrison Smith will fit anything. There is not a scheme. That's the Harrison Smith scheme. And then if he's a bad scheme fit, I don't think there is one. So I think overall, they have a pretty good amount of scheme flexibility if they wanted to change schemes. I think that wouldn't be too painful, but you would end up with some awkward fits. Like if you change to a power running scheme and then you had Brian O'Neill and Garrett Bradbury. Kenny Wongu fan says, what are your thoughts on trying to coax Wade Phillips out of retirement to be a coordinator or at least an advisor? Um, Sure, open to, you know, a no no stone unturned uh, approach. I 
don't think that would be necessary, uh, really. But I mean, look again. Yeah, no stone unturned. But I don't know. He's like really old. <laughs> you got to make sure he's still as, as sharp as he once was. But I mean, you know, get a wise guy in the building, right? That, that'll never hurt. Sure. Why not? Official Wangu fanboy. I sense a beef. Says, what do you think about a transition to a 3-4 next season? Richardson, Pierce, Tomlinson would be formidable up front, and perhaps a uh, rush linebacker would benefit from guys like Wanham and Hunter. 3-4 defensive end might help the defensive tackles and defensive end tweeners like James Lynch and Watts too. Um, and some of those guys only if they stay or whatever, but that's fine. Um, this this distinction doesn't matter. I, I don't think... Um, so, like, DJ Wanham does drop into coverage, and they actually had Daniel Hunter do that sometimes, too, on fire zone blitzes. And, and that's really the only time that three fours have their, like, edge rusher types drop into coverage is on, like, a zone blitz type thing or, like, as a sim pressure kind of cutesy trick. Um, the difference between a 3-4 and a 4-3 is functionally meaningless it's because there's so much 11 personnel so three wide receivers that means there's a lot of nickel you need three cornerbacks and then two safeties it's five defensive backs that's nickel four three nickel packages and three four nickel packages are really really similar and basically the distinction is meaningless and the vikings actually ran a whole bunch of fronts so they've already kind of transitioned a little bit into a three four they've run it some this year in in 2021 so um yeah it's it could happen it could not happen but I, they they do have a little bit of flexibility here i do think they're at a bit of a crossroads where they can go whatever direction they decide uh nate stanley for starter says i love this guy's name he's nate stanley for starter he has stuck to the bit since they drafted nate stanley two years ago and it only gets funnier the further we get from nate stanley being on the team i just love that um he said the quarterbacks did not give up 37 points which is more of a thought than a question it is true although going three and out a whole bunch does not exactly help the defense uh, a lot your you know field position is bad there was a shank punt and stuff like that um but i mean nobody's saying the defense was secretly good so yeah sure light them up Tom Blanks, ref hater, says, which heartbreak was most memorable for you this season? Arizona and Detroit are neck and neck for me. So when I try to like look at a season and be like, what was the game, right? We were one game out of the playoffs, probably at the end of this year. Well, it'll it'll turn out. Um, what was the one game then that we wish we could overturn? Probably Detroit, right? Like that's the easiest one to say, like they should have won that one. Um, but, you know, you could say, oh, well, they missed an easy field goal against Arizona. Maybe they should have won that one. But for me, I don't know if I go to the closest game or the one that sh was easiest to imagine being overturned, but rather one like the San Francisco game or the Rams game where they could have won that clearly didn't deserve to. And that's why they're not in the playoffs. Like that feels like an appropriate thing to look at. And 2020, I look at the time they got blown out by the Falcons. They ended up a game out of the playoffs in 2020. If they beat the Bears at home in week 15, they're in the playoffs. They're the ones going to the Superdome and playing on Nickelodeon. Um, and I think if they beat the Falcons, it's the same deal. So don't get blown out by an 0-5 team and you're in the playoffs. They did get blow, blown out by an 0-5 team. They weren't in the playoffs. That feels appropriate. And I feel like, you know, Beat the 49ers, beat the Rams, go beat a team that, that, you know, you're supposed to beat if you're meant to be taken seriously. Um, you're supposed to be able to not get killed on the ground by the San Francisco 49ers. And because the 49ers could do that to the Vikings, they get to be a playoff team, maybe. Um, and the Vikings don't get to be a playoff team. So that's maybe the ones that I look at. And sometimes those are the ones that frustrate me the most. But I think the Lions game is the biggest heartbreak for me. That one still get, grinds my gears. MN Soda says, what makes the pain stop? <laughs> uh, nothing, man. That's what you're here for. If it's it's all about us 
inflicting pain and experiencing pain together in particular hats. Norse Code says, which section of the Neapolitan ice cream did Zimmer eat first when he got home to help heal his soul of the loss with a little meantime? It was a crushing loss with the potential to seal the deal on losing him his job. So I'm guessing strawberry. For me, a silky chocolate's got to be the thing when you're sad, right? Strawberry feels like a happier flavor. Chocolate ice cream is when you're sad and you need something rich and you need to feel a different kind of pain for a little while. You're going to eat too much chocolate ice cream so that you can have stomach pain to distract from your heart pain. Uh, skeptical Reddit user asks the last one here, and I saved it for last because I really like it. He says, it seems the Vikings community has swung a bit too far in the, in the Zimmer is a despicable person shot in Freud for when he's fired direction. Can you weigh in on why we should appreciate him after he's gone? What's your overall assessment of Mike Zimmer, the coach if his Vikings tenure does end this coming Monday? Um, look, three playoff appearances in eight years. That ain't good, right? That ain't good enough. So that's fine. Gotta go. For me, I mean, Zimmer's tenure with the Vikings changed my whole relationship to the Vikings, right? So I'm going to be fond of him. When Zimmer started, I was, I had just moved to a new part of LA. I didn't really know a lot of people. And I found a bar in, uh, in, in the San Fernando Valley that I, I like made some friends with and, and I found a community there. And that was Zimmer's first year. And I loved that. And and I always have fond memories of that. And then a couple of years in, I decided I would start writing about the Vikings. And then a couple of years later, I got uh, somebody named David Locke contacted me about doing Locked On, the Locked On Vikings podcast daily. And now, like, everything about my relationship to football has changed. It's all been over Zimmer's tenure. I'm going to have a soft spot for him forever. Um, and I think, I mean, look, he gave everything for this team. He gave his eye for this team. I think as fans, we can appreciate that while acknowledging it didn't work out. It wasn't good enough. And, th- and that's fine. Um, I think they made a very, very critical error at the quarterback position. You all know my opinion on that. And I don't think you have to agree with me on that to still be able to appreciate what Mike Zimmer was for the Vikings, a stabilizing presence until it wasn't stable anymore. Um, but, you know, I, I think he he built, he fostered a hell of a culture here, a culture that that players talk about all the time, like players who are not Vikings talk about all the time is like, this is a reason I would want to come to Minnesota or why I did come to Minnesota. People came back to Minnesota. And I think that hopefully that will last beyond Mike Zimmer. Hopefully the next coach can come in, inherit a great locker room culture and keep it going. I think that that's really good for an organization. It'd be interesting to think through where he ranks among all the other head coaches, obviously below like Bud Grant, probably below Denny Green. But is that it? I'm trying to think of other people like Mike Tyson only made the playoffs once. Chile only made the playoffs twice. Like, yeah, maybe. And everybody hated Chile. So, uh, yeah, something like that. Anyways, I will. Uh, we'll talk tomorrow. Maybe we'll watch a little tape. Maybe we'll uh, talk about something else. We'll see what what strikes my fancy. But I can't wait to share it with you, whatever it is. In the meantime, check out the Locked on Bets podcast with handicapping expert Lee Sterling and your boy Q that get your grambles straight. I'll see you all tomorrow. And as always, skull.